The A Free Spirit Life podcast is supported by the Live Freely Circle. Did you know more than 89% of women say they feel stressed and overwhelmed with the imbalance of their personal, family, work, and home life? The Live Freely Circle was created for women who long to feel more connected to their true calling and who want to break free of being in a constant state of stress. Becoming a member of the Live Freely Circle gives you unlimited access to an amazing online community, inspiring coaching videos, guided audio meditations, monthly soul care e-courses, and life-changing tools, all at the click of a simple app. But more importantly, the circle teaches you how to create a life that is empowered, intentional, connected, peaceful, and joy-filled, while giving you the time for the things and people most important to you. Stop rushing through life so you can start living and loving it, so you can live freely. Start your seven-day free trial today by visiting livefreelycircle.com. This is episode 30 of the A Free Spirit Life Podcast. Hey, it's Shannon. Thanks so much for being here today. I am a holistic life and spiritual coach, and I am bringing you a wonderful conversation today with Sarah Jenks. Sarah is a women's spiritual and transformational coach. She's an emotional eating expert, and she is holding sacred space for women to come together and to find their wholeness. She talks about her journey of emotional eating and how she just realized that she was feeling really bored in her life and that she needed to rehab her life. And when she did that, she started to see that she didn't need ice cream or other foods to give her this hint of pleasure or comfort or reduce stress. And that's when her whole life shifted. She shares her story about buying a retreat center and how she's now bringing women together in retreats, in full moon ceremonies. We talk about the reasons why we're all so stressed out and stuck in this idea of doing things that we think we should be doing instead of what we really want to be doing. We talk about tarot cards and the divine feminine the cycles of the moon, and why all of us should go on retreat and that power that happens when circles of women come together. It's a fabulous conversation. Let's just get right into it. Enjoy the show. Hi, Sarah. I am so happy we have this time together. Thanks for being here. Oh, Shannon, thanks for having me. I'm so I'm just so excited for our conversation. I know. Well, I have my tea right now, and I just like to imagine that the two of us are together. Tell mm. me what part of the world you're in. I'm in Kansas City. Tell us where you are and just a little bit more about the family life that you're living right now and the work that you're so passionate about. Mm. So I live about 40 minutes outside of Boston in a small town called Medfield. And I live with my husband and three littles. Um, I have three kids, four and a half, three and four months. And um, we actually live at a retreat center that we own and run here. And I lead women's circles here. And it's a place for women to come and 
just sort of unravel and be themselves and have the space to discover who they are and, and why they're here. And we've only been here for just over a year. So it still feels pretty new. And we were in San Francisco for six years before that. Um, and then New York city before that. So okay, this been whole over. country life feels, um, really different. So was that hard getting used to since you've been living in the city and, or was it, a were you ready for it when you, found I was it? so ready. Mm-hmm. I was so ready. It felt so cozy and normal to be here, mm-hmm. um, in the woods. Felt can, really good. can you tell a little bit about the journey that got you there? Because yeah, oh, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll go way back. I grew up really hating my body and believing that my life would be better if my body was different. And so what what pattern happened was I felt like my perfect life was always twenty pounds away, mm-hmm. but. I could never lose 20 pounds. Um, I just didn't have any what people call willpower, but I later discovered it was for a different reason. Um, And so in my 20s, I discovered that I was an emotional eater and I was emotional eater because I was not, I was waiting on the weight. I wasn't doing all the things that my soul was calling for me to do because I thought I had to look like a woman in a magazine in order to have permission to go dance and sing and do all the things that made me happy or make friends or, um, actually do what I want to do for work and all this stuff. So, um, there just was a time when I, I really, I hit sort of rock bottom in the food department and I decided that I couldn't diet anymore. And it opened up this whole space for me to look at my life and think, Oh, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. My relationship isn't good. I don't feel like I can be myself with my friends. I'm not doing anything for fun. And so I sort of rehabbed my life and lo and behold, I didn't need to eat a pint of ice cream every night, you know, to get that hit of pleasure or to get that hit of comfort or the stress relief. I was just medicating with food. And when I didn't, when my life didn't need medication anymore, um, my eating really shifted naturally. And so when I discovered that for myself, I went out to teach that to other women. And, um, from about 2009 until, um, maybe 2016, I was really helping women mostly with emotional eating. And I had a really great program, have a really great program called live more way less. And I've had thousands of women go through that program and it's been, so amazing. And as you know, we, our life comes in seasons and I started getting restless and I started feeling like there was something else for me to do. And through that period, I had been really drawn to spirituality and I started a, a priestess training in the 13 moon mystery school and learning all about the divine feminine and the cycle of life and the cycles of the moon and the seasons and how women are so uniquely connected to that. And I started getting these visions of getting women together in person and specifically in New England, you know, where there's still um, just more of a stigma about magic and the divine feminine. And then there was in San Francisco. 
And, you know, I, the witch trials were right here, you know, mm-hmm. like there's for sure a collective consciousness, a collective history. And I, I felt called to come back to where I was born and to bring this work that I had been finding so helpful in my own life. And, um, I, I wrote this sort of five-year plan of opening a retreat center and building a yurt and having lots of space and, you know, a stream and some woods for women to gather in and big fields for us to circle in. And then two weeks later, it shows up on Trulia. And I'm just shocked by how quickly it was um, brought to me. And it it then became... I mean, it's amazing how many times I tried to convince myself that this was like just a weird coincidence and it was too much money or it was too much for me to handle. And, you know, of course I had people in my life that were reflecting that to me, um, because they were worried about me. They're like, Sarah, we're going to take on this huge project. Like, don't do that. And then of course I had people that saw that this was some big magic and, um, we ended up buying the property a little over a year ago and moving here. And I, I just said, okay, well, we're going to see what happens. And I did my first full moon circle as a way to help women connect with, you know, our ancient practices of circling as women. And we filled the room, 75 people, no problem. Wow. Um, Everyone was like, you're going to have such a hard time. People are not woo woo there. They're going to think you're weird. Yeah don't use the word witch. And, um, of course I just decided to be who I am because I just spent so long pretending to be someone I wasn't. It was exhausting. And there are tons of women who want this stuff. You know, I mean, it was just like such a lie that people were saying that, um, women don't want that here. I mean, that's just like total BS. We all want to feel connected to Mm -hmm. spirit whether, whatever we call it. And we may not feel comfortable always, but, um, I find that when we find our own way, it just feels so good. So we've been doing lots of great programming here. And I also have an online membership program called whole woman where we meet. Um, I mean, we're just in there all the time daily and I do moonly lessons. So every new moon I teach a new topic and, we're in there to practice being who we are and discovering who we are. So if, if you guys are listening and you're down for moon circles, but you don't live in Medfield, um, I have that other, other space where women are gathering. Obviously, there was fear that comes up when you have this dream and this inner nudging oh and you're gosh. like, yeah, you know, but then you have this ref- the fear reflected back to you. How did you kind of move through that and and go? I mean, you kind of mentioned that you were tired of not being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but but still, that's a huge commitment to then buy a property and go for it. And so do you have like a daily practice that kind of helps you stay centered? So when the, that doubt starts speaking a little louder, you can kind of tame it? Yes, absolutely. So it was, it sort of felt like spiritual boot camp when this was all happening and, and we had to make this decision. And my spiritual practice has never been so strong as it was during that time because I had to sit at my altar for, you know, a half an hour a day, maybe an hour 
which for me with two little kids was an eternity and, um, and really keep coming back to what is my truth? What am I meant to do? What am I being asked? Because there's, I find that in the world of, I call it magic. People call it spirituality. People call it, you know, universal intelligence or whatever it is. I call it magic. I find that when I'm in a magic space, magical space. So I am, um, I'm sitting on my altar or I'm working with tarot cards or I'm working with astrology or I'm using any of these tools that really resonate with me. I can, I feel truth and I feel this feeling of expansion and like I can be and do whatever I want. And so for me, that to me is real. And then when I'm in my normal life, the reasoning takes over and I find myself being like, oh, I just shouldn't dream that big or I should just be quiet or I should just fit in or blend in. I'm making everyone uncomfortable. Like, who am I to want this kind of space? And those are just that's just patriarchal brainwashing that we've all been brought up with. And so I find that when I continue to come back to my magic practices I am, I experienced so much freedom and I experienced so much courage and, and truth and remembering about who I really am. Um, and it's been so helpful for me and I'm actually, I'm actually, um, I'm releasing this really great course called magic week and we're doing it from the full moon on the 24th until Halloween on the 31st to bring all of these different practices that I use during this time um, and teaching women how to use them because for me, it was just so practical to have these, these things to lean on. I'm sure you can relate to that Shannon in your own life, but um, sometimes you think of it as like extra things, you know, Mm -hmm. that if we have time for, we'll pull tarot cards. But for me, it's like taking a shower. I need to do it. It's so important because I feel crazy if I don't. Right. Well, I think that's a really good reminder because I know what you're saying when I've been in that practical, really masculine energy and letting that kind of drive my life, I start to turn on myself. I think, what's wrong Mm -hmm. with me? Why can't I be like them? Why can't I do a nine to five? Why can't I just be okay with this? And and Mm -hmm. instead of turning on myself, um, you know, I've had to learn how to honor that feminine side, that side that's more receptive, that's more open, mm-hmm. that's more trusting. That's, and, and I catch myself doing it often where I want to force something to happen. And we need to do both, right? You kind of need the mm-hmm. balance between both energies. Absolutely. And so I want you to talk about that because I think um, – I think so often we have this misconception of what it means when you say honoring the divine feminine mm-hmm. and we are so masculine energy driven and, and we think that that's a male and, and female thing. And so I, I want you to just share to those listening who are curious but still not quite understanding what how do we uh, honor our defi- divine feminine? How is it different than what we're currently used to in our society? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, the construct that I use is really to look at, um, the place we live. So to look at earth and to look at the moon and to see that the earth goes through seasonal cycles and the moon goes through the same energetic cycles in a month. Um, 
a month, you know, that's why they, that's how we call it a month. And our, our biology as women, our hormones, our menstrual cycle directly reflects the cycles of the moon. So, and what, and I like to take that a step further where when we also look at the earth, we know that the earth has four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. And in order for anything to grow or be alive, we need to have those four elements. So, and what's really cool is that when you, when you lay this out in a grid, this is a little like this gets a little out there sometimes, but when you lay this out in a grid, the elements perfectly line up with the moon and the seasons. So I say that for us to remember that as women, we are not one thing. We are all things. We're constantly changing like the moon. We rely on more than one source of being fed, just like the earth. We need all four elements. And I believe that all four of these elements represent something in our system where I say like the earth is like our body and the water is like our emotions and our relationships. Fire is our wildness, our passion, our creativity, our soul work and air is, is our work in the world and our, our warriorness and our, like our masculine energy. So I really feel like um, it's not just about worshiping the divine feminine, but it's about understanding that part, like that the divine feminine teaches us that we are in balance and that includes masculine energy. This is, is this making sense? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I just think it's so cool to be like, we live on this earth. We have all these things. This cycle of winter, spring, summer, fall is everywhere. Why do we think that we are not included? Right. In the cycle. I, I'm imagining you at like a neighborhood party, like how I feel because <laughs> I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> yeah. And I talk a lot about Ayurveda, which is very similar in that we honor yep. the elements. And, and you know, I'm like, oh, you must be a fire body type. Don't, you know, and it's so funny because people love that information, but I'm sure yeah. there's a part of them going, oh, what is she talking about? Yep. <laughs> She's bringing up that fire energy talk again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking about the women, some of them who I coach who are – Working in kind of a mainstream job, they're not really happy with, mm-hmm. um, you know, life is just feeling fast paced. They're 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 rushing through it, and they know that something is missing. They are hearing mm-hmm. the calling. They're hearing it, but how to get off the train is a whole nother thing. And so I like how you talk about we kind of have this one size fits all mentality to happiness. And mm-hmm. we, um, you know, when we're comparing ourselves to what we see on Facebook or the people we work with or our, you know, community, it can be daunting when you know you it's time to follow and listen to that calling. So yeah. walk us through for those women who are listening right now and they're like, yep, yep, I hear this, I feel this, but how do I? I've got young kids, I've got financial right. stress. How do I get there? Yeah. 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 So I think what's really important for all of us to remember is that this one size fits all definition of happiness, which to me felt like, oh, just have a couple kids and find a partner and buy a house and you'll be happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I got those things and I looked around and I said, I'm so miserable. And I now feel so guilty for my kids and my husband not 
fulfilling me. And this is part of the patriarchal brainwashing that we have been a part of. Um, or we've been told, and it can be different for, for everyone. Like we're told from our parents, like, just be a lawyer and then you'll be happy or just do this and then you'll be happy. And here's the thing. Happiness isn't something that you do. Happiness is, are you living as close to your soul as possible? So our own definition of happiness is as unique as our fingerprint. Yeah. There's no... There's no finding it from anybody else. Like sometimes we can have a recognition and that usually comes in the form of jealousy. So like when we're jealous of someone, it's usually because our soul is like, oh, I ache for that. Yes. I want that. I see, I see how I am really desiring that in my life. Or we're desiring the feel, we're desiring that they just seem self-expressed. We're just desiring the self-expression, not necessarily how they are expressing themselves. So all this is to say that um, the practice is about creating enough space so that you can hear who you are and then start to act from that place. So... I, I always say it's good to start with 15 minutes a day of just sitting down on the floor and just listening or just feeling. But here's the thing that happens. Many of us don't have 15 minutes a day. And then we have to look at, okay, where are we? Like, I basically feel like women spend 90% of the time doing stuff we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so we then have to go through the work of uncovering what do I want to do? What do I not want to do? And then when it actually comes time to ask our partner to do something because we don't want to do it or ask our kids or, um, or pay for someone else to do it, then all of this brainwashing belief system comes up again about, oh, I just should, I just should do the laundry or I just should do the dishes or um, I should stick with this job because it pays well and I get good benefits. Or, or we say, not even should, I can't. We feel trapped. Mm-hmm. We feel like we have no choice. And again, like that's the brainwashing. And I believe the brainwashing happens to deliberately keep women from recognizing their power. Mm-hmm. And it's so important for us to realize, okay, my stuckness isn't about me. I think this is one of the big shadows of the personal development arena is that we feel bad, like we're doing something wrong if we feel stuck. And what I really want women to know everywhere is no, 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 this is not your fault. You grew up in a world that has been telling you all of these lies for so long to keep you stuck. And what I normally find is that when women really get this, they find their inner revolutionary and they decide to stand up for their soul and what they know they're meant here to do, or at least start looking for it. Um, and then when we do, as you know, like the universe starts sending us all these signs, then we start to feel like, Oh, the universe wants me to be myself, mm-hmm. even though I'm scared too. And I may be worried about what, what my parents are going to think or what my partner's going to think the universe wants me to be me. And then we just have to have the practice of walking on that path and have a support, a support group to keep us on that path. Um, 
which is why I have my whole woman membership. It's basically a support group for women who are deciding to be themselves in real life because, you know, it's like, I remember I had to really work hard. Like the first few parties I I went to in Massachusetts, I really had to think about what I was going to wear because part of me wanted to put on my Massachusetts disguise. Mm. Right. Right. And talk and and like at, play the role of the Massachusetts girl. And this was just what was in my head, by the way. It was me making assumptions. And I had to work really hard to be like, no, what is, how am I going to show up as myself? And for me, that meant dressing differently than a lot of the women at the party. And I know this like sounds dumb, but this is big work for a lot of us, right? Mm -hmm. To stand out, to not work so hard to be accepted, to blend in, to fit in, because we've been taught that sameness equals safety. But in Whole Woman, what we say is we're all different and isn't that amazing. So we're trying to redo the paradigm. But so what would happen is I would show up at these parties. I love that you brought into the cocktail party into the (laughs) the conversation (laughs) because now I'm on a roll, but I'd show up, you know, in my like indigo dye dresses with a feather earring and like sometimes a no bra. Bless my husband. He's like not like this. Mm-hmm. And he just like lets me do my thing. Um, and what was so cool is then the women who felt like how I was dressing on the inside found me. Yes. And so I was able to find my people so quickly because even if they were in a disguise, they recognized themselves in me. And um, because I wasn't. I wasn't performing or had a costume on. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to find my friends like really quickly. And I also, you know, opened a spiritual retreat center. So I can't like go out there and pretend that, you know, (laughs) it's it's out now. It's out now, (laughs) but I was not out for very long and it was so painful, but I didn't even know it. And I guess what I, the point I really wanted to drive home and saying that about the cocktail party is that if you show up as yourself, you will give permission to other women to show up as themselves too, in the most like surprising places yeah. like work. I think that's really a great reminder. Um, I, I know there's women who tell me they don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah. And so when you say, you know, yeah, find yourself. And so I like what you're saying. This is a big thing for me, too, is that, you know, we have to create space. And you can do it in the midst of your day. You know, you can do it. It doesn't have to be 15 minutes. Because for someone who's who's still in that, I, I think I should do this and this, you mm-hmm. 15 minutes of stillness is going to be excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, um, but but really, you know, if you're already getting that calling, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're already there. You're already open to this this conversation. And so I like your reminder that you just have to little by little and that it is a practice. You don't wake up one day and feel like, oh, now I have all this courage to be myself and I'm going to go wear feathers in my hair. Like it's, it is a practice. It's a practice. Yeah. And I do, you remind me that, you know, I've had my own self-doubt paralyzing fears for many years and I remember that feeling of going to parties like what should I wear and I this you know Mm -hmm. and and I have to say that um 
It's been a long journey, but God, it is so freeing now to go to parties. And I don't even think that way. And I feel very um, grounded in who I am. And that feels really good. Now I still have fear. And so talk to me about facing those fears, because I think sometimes we think we're, we're supposed to be fearless. And I, and I like to remind women that to do these things, to be yourself, it does take courage. You have to walk through that fear, right? You really do. And it keeps coming up in different ways, you know, um, because we're always going through different seasons. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a time right now where I'm really looking hard at, um, how I am in my work and how maybe I am running some old patterns that aren't working for me anymore, whether it's how much stress I bring to the table or the number of things I put on my plate or, the pressure I put on myself to be the next big thing, you know, um, I'm really looking at all that. And in that process, I'm coming up against all this fear around money, around being seen around stability, around acceptance. It's the same stuff, you know, that comes up. It's when we're getting dressed in the morning or when we were buying this house or when we, you know, when I found out I was pregnant for the first time, you know, all that stuff, but it just keeps coming up. And then we just have to keep coming back to the space, creating space and asking. I find that if I just ask, whether I ask in silence or I ask while I'm journaling, I usually get a pretty solid answer or I'll ask my tarot cards, you know, um, Again, these like tools that can sound kind of woo-woo are just like really practical and I can snap myself out of it. But I've just learned how to how to be with the fear, I guess. But it doesn't feel any easier. It still hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so tell us, so you talked a little bit about your f- full moon ceremony. I would love to hear more about that, first of all, for 75 people, that's amazing, must have been quite an experience. I'd love for you to share a little bit about it. And also, for those women who are wanting um, to do some sort of full moon ritual of their own, what can we do at the full moon? What is the significance of it? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So the full moon is halfway through the moon cycle. So if we want to back up, if you're doing this on your own and, um, we do this together in whole woman, which is super fun where on the new moon, we set intentions because it's the tiniest sliver of light. It starts a new moon cycle. So it's like the first beginnings of spring, the first little sprouting of seeds, you know, when you can first see the things above the ground. So we set intentions, um, like maybe you want to set intention about, making money or I'm setting intentions right now about finding like peace and equilibrium with what, what is the truth about my work right now and how I'm working. Uh, and then we can do a small ritual. So for setting intentions, I love to write out my intention really clear. And, um, I will usually, if I just want to be simple, I'll just pray over it and I'll just say like grandmother moon, please help this intention come into fruition Sometimes we can bring in other elements if we want to get super fancy about it. You know, we can bring in some herbs or some special candles. And um, if you just Google new moon intentions, there's like lots of things that you can do. But I like I like to keep it simple. So just have some quiet time, write down my intention, pray over it, and let it go. And then 
on the full moon, um, what I like to do is I revisit that intention and I think about what do I need to do, like how do I need to course correct in my life in order to help this intention come to fruition. And during the full moon, this is when women would get together um, at night because we could see better and do some magic on our intention. So more praying, maybe you want, I always like, we always dance at our full moon circles because I find that it just brings a lot of positive, great energy into the room. It's like a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we can bless it with salt water. We can bring in the elements, you know, we can light incense. And then what we need to do is get really clear about what patterns we're running in our life that are preventing this intention from coming to fruition. And we need to release those patterns or release um, a relationship or release weight or release, you know, fear. And what I like to do then, and this is, we do this in the full moon circle is we write down what we want to release and we burn it. And I find that being in a circle of women, whether it's like one friend you have, or you can do this with your kids. I do this with my kids a lot. Um, or your partner, or in a larger organization of women, it's so powerful. So we burn it, we let it go, and then we we celebrate as if it's already done. And and then it's a lot of just trusting that the moon's going to help us with whatever we are asking. You know, the moon and the earth and the stars and the spirits and you know all that stuff. Mm, Is that clear so enough? Absolutely. I mean, it really. Um... It sounds like there's no right way to do it, but I love the intent. No, there's no right way. And I think I used to so get caught up in like, okay, I have to do a spell and I have to find all these herbs (laughs) and then I have to have like water from a certain (laughs) river and I just never did anything, you know? And so oftentimes when I'm releasing something, if I'm not holding a full moon circle, I'll just light it on fire over the toilet and then flush it. (laughs) And I actually find that like, that is the best spell work I've ever done is just like flushing stuff down the toilet or the garbage disposal is like really, um, satisfying because it like, you know, like really cuts it up. Um, I can see all the moms loving this conversation because if you have a lock on your bathroom door, it's like where we all hide. (laughs) Our kids want us. So this is a perfect, just do your rituals and just do it. And also, um, I'm so glad you mentioned that because a new moon is a really great time to take a bath, like do a ritual bath. Mm -hmm. And so you can put your intentions into the tub somehow. Like if you have bath salts, you can just like energetically pray your intentions into bath salts in your hands and then sprinkle it in the tub and then bathe in it. Mm, that's so good. And when you drain the water out, it's like you're like letting the intentions go, yes. you know, into the earth. And I just think like keep it simple, you know, so you actually do it. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's a few other things I want to ask you, but let's go back for a minute when we were talking about, you know, the things we think we should do. And you say we've been kind of brainwashed and, you know, we have this guilt that comes up. So often I find that when we have this, um, wound or this, you know, thing that of not feeling good enough, not feeling enough, mm-hmm. not feeling our wholeness. Uh, we tend to fill it in other ways. As you mentioned, I love what you said, the perfect life is 20 pounds away. Well, yeah. that for, you know, someone who doesn't eat, it can be anything, right? It's the perfect life is this certain amount in the bank away or this uh-huh. one, we we can fill in the blank. I think all of us can relate to. Oh, yeah. I'll be happy when, 
Yeah. And um, so if we're not, you know, working on that wholeness, we tend to overcompensate and we overdo it and overgive to kind of fill that not feeling enough. And I find Mm -hmm. that so many women I meet are afraid of setting boundaries. They're afraid to put their needs above others. And so they end up people pleasing and and putting everyone else. And then, okay, we talked about the cycle of guilt. So, um, so, so what, if you're, if you're feeling, and you're talking that that's the brainwashing, like, is it, would you say, what what are some of your practical suggestions Mm -hmm. for those who, um, need to set some boundaries and are ready for that. Yeah. So I always, I always come back to this idea that what's best for me is best for everyone. Yes. And that there's a, there's a system with like, there's a system on earth where or I, I can, or I will say like, there's a system in families. I'll, I'll keep it smaller where, um, when the mom shifts, everyone else has an opportunity to then shift closer to who they are too. So let me give you an example. Um, when I was pregnant with my son, Marshall, I really wanted to have a home birth. I am married to a physician where home birth was not part of the conversation. And so I could have really easily done the, the thing of, well, he's never going to say yes. So I'm just not going to bring it up. Um, and this can be something, this could be a big deal about, well, he's never going to say yes about, you know, hiring a housekeeper, or he's never going to say yes about this or whatever, whatever it is. But I, it was, I, I knew I would always regret it if I didn't speak up and if I didn't take that leap of faith. And for me, it was, it felt like the biggest, most exciting thing I could imagine, even just saying out loud, right? Cause it felt so radical. And so we talked about it. And of course, at the beginning, he was like, this feels like a no to me. And I just kept standing in my power and I kept like explaining why I wanted this and why I felt like it was a good move for us. And, and he was on board eventually. And then we went on this beautiful journey together about experiencing all of these learnings about birth. And what happened with Jonathan was he said, if this, if something so medical can be so spiritual and so beautiful and so integrative, then I need to understand what this is for my work. He's a, he's a urologist. Um, and so then Jonathan ended up doing a, an integrative medicine fellowship at the Osher Center in San Francisco mm. and bringing a lot of these home birthy practices into his work. Wow. And, he, and he never would have done that. I mean, he probably would have come to it eventually, but I certainly feel like because we're part of a system, I played a role in triggering it in him. Yeah, It was in him. It was not because of me, but I triggered it, you know? And so, uh, and I see this with my kids too. When I was always in this, I, I was in this dance for so long about, about, about being a stay-at-home mom. I felt like I was supposed to be a stay-at-home mom that, good moms are stay-at-home moms. 
And, but I just, in my soul, it was not right for me, but I just kept forcing it and forcing it and trying to figure it out. And I was constantly in this turmoil. And at the same time, I, my relationship with my son was terrible. And I finally did the work around who am I and what do I want and what am I moving towards? And then when I became okay in myself, oh my God, my son calmed down. Our relationship totally shifted. We ended up going to therapy together because that was, I knew that that was something that I really wanted to do with him. He was only three, you know, but Mm -hmm. I needed it and we needed to rebond and it was beautiful. And he's a totally different, he's a totally different kid now. But even though I felt like I was making a decision that was going to make his life worse by choosing to work, I actually made his life way better. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, um, and then there's so, there's like millions of more subtle things because we're part of a system. So we have to understand who we are yes. because it helps the whole, we have to. I love that. It's it's that whole concept that for a long time, I didn't quite understand it when people would say, just you have to get out of your own way. And it feels like that's what you're saying in a different way. It's so beautiful to remember we are part of something greater. We're all connected. And our own mental blocks or our own fears, if we stay stuck in that, we're also not allowing other people around us to grow and find their light. Right. And I will say, though, in the beginning, it creates so much friction. Yes. You know, there's so much challenge when we decide that we're going to be who we are because it, because it calls, because basically it, think about this, you know, if, um, we're only, we can't see the stars in the daylight, you know, we have to have the night in order to see that the stars are there. That's right. So we have to have the darkness. We have to have the challenge in order to really claim this is mine. And when, you know, it's like, when you like imagine any sort of battle, like let's, you know, way back when we're, we're battling over land, if someone just said, yeah, sure, here's your land, we probably wouldn't feel that connected to it. It's like, oh, that was so easy. Okay, well, I guess maybe I'll just go get other land. But when we have to go to battle for what we want, man, oh man, when we get it, we are so devoted to <laughs> so what we were fighting for. Yes. And so we have to know that like shit comes up in a big way yeah. when we decide to go there. But then on the other side, uh, just the rewards are so blissful. I always say you have to walk through mud. Like no matter what, you're starting through, you know, any new, whether it's you just want to start a, a running practice or whatever, it's, yeah. you know, eat a little better. It is, it feels like you're in mud in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like mud snowstorm, <laughs> a war. I mean, it's like mud exactly. is the easy stuff. Yes. It's like you are really have to walk through fire Yes, to, yes. um, to find yourself. So it's natural and it's okay to feel like giving up sometimes, right? I, yeah, I think path. it's, it's needed. Mm-hmm. I think it's needed. Um, to give up and then, and then find that part of you. Cause it's all, it's the training because who we are and what we are meant to have and do in this lifetime is a big assignment, right? And so getting there to that big assignment, we're in, tr- we're being trained 
you know, we're being schooled, especially we're in the personal development arena. And we're, you know, we're basically raising our hands and saying, please put me through every, like (laughs) every situation that any woman is ever going to feel so that I know how to help them. Um, or, you know, it's like, I had to go through all this fire, you know, for me, I mean, I still experience so much privilege as a white woman, you know, so it's a very different fire, but for me, that's what it felt like. And I now have the skills that I need now that I'm, I'm here in this phase of my life and I will have to, I will go through it again, you know, cause it's just cycles. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, tell me about your retreat center. And I, I'm hosting two retreats this fall. I love retreats. I love bringing women together in circle, in community. Um, talk to me about and tell those listening, why should all women go on a retreat? Uh, you know, it's that space that we're talking about. Yes. And it's radical space. And you know what? It gives everyone at home an opportunity to find themselves mm-hmm. without you there. You know, it's so important for them to have their own experience that they can tell you about. And, um, and for us to just not have the noise to get away, you know, even if we just go and we sit and we do nothing, but also to have the container that holds us, um, in the fire, it's just so powerful, you know, and I do, we now only do day long retreats here which has been a fun, a fun thing for me to explore. And I find it's like, it's amazing what you can do in a day. It's remarkable what you can do in three days. And if you can find a week to yourself, holy moly, you'll emerge a different person. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that you mentioned the people you're leaving behind, because I think a lot of times, if if you are a mom listening, that is sometimes the hindrance that keeps us mm-hmm. from going. And I know mm-hmm. I remember that very well. Like, I know that it's hard to leave. Oh, my gosh. Once you go away and then they get their time to yeah. figure stuff out without you there, it's a win-win for everybody. It totally is a win-win. It's amazing. You talked about tarot cards a little bit. What mm-hmm. are your kind of favorite? And I'd love to hear a, a, a little bit more about how you use tarot cards in your life. Um, are there any other prayers or mantras or uh, do you meditate? Like what's kind of your your go-to? You st- you've talked a little bit about it, but just any favorites that you want to share? Yeah. So I'm a big altar person because I'm a Libra, so I'm super visual. And so, and for me, it's a place where... I can, I can drop in. It's like when we have a certain environment set up, we then have a body memory of what it feels like to be in a spiritual space. So I'm really into symbols. I have a a pregnant mother earth on my altar and I'll usually set it up based on what intention I'm, I'm doing. So like if I'm setting up an intention around really tuning into my sensuality and pleasure, I'll have a lot of pink on my altar and a lot of symbols that revolve around that. If it's something around, um, really inviting a lot of women into my whole woman membership, I will, I will do an altar to whole woman. Um, and then, so I try to sit out every day though. I will be totally honest. I have not been good about it recently and I'm feeling it. Mm. So, um, I'm going through the process of rededicating myself to that work and, you know, it's hard with the four month old, you know, and you know, anyways, I could go on and on about all the excuses that I've been running through my head, but 
I'm trying to figure that out. And and when and you say altar, is it a shelf? Is it a special like? So I of? use a trunk. Okay. I just have a random trunk that I put a tablecloth on and I have a candle and incense and I keep my journal there and my tarot cards next to it. Um, and I have some crystals on there, but you can use an Amazon box. You can use, you know, your dresser, you can use your desk, you know, I think it's nice having something that's separate, like in the little corner of your bedroom or, um, somewhere where you can set it up privately. But most of the women and whole women will just get an Amazon box and put like a cloth napkin on it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like, let's just keep it simple and we'll just put a candle there. You don't have to get a bunch of stuff, um, but just get a candle and maybe a rock from outside or maybe a leaf from outside or a stick or something that resonates with you, um, a pine cone. So just to keep it simple. And then when I sit there, I will often journal. Um, I'll often just sit in silence and I'll ask a question and pull a card. And sometimes I'll pull tarot cards. Sometimes I'll pull like Oracle cards, um, which are cards that just sort of tell you what's up right away, which is kind of nice. Um, like I really love the sacred rebels deck is really great. That, that, that's usually my go-to journaling cards, sitting in silence and symbols. Do you, so the the intention of the pulling the cards is really you're setting you're kind of putting off that energy that vibration and then you're practicing trusting that whatever card you pick is the one that you were meant to pick is that right exactly okay. yes exactly yeah. awesome so Lindsay Mack who is an incredible tarot card reader she she basically says that our you know our hands are an extension of our heart and so it's like our heart is picking the card. And so you just have to trust your hands to pick the card. Love it. Yeah. And what role does journaling play in your life? Oh, I do it as a way to um, get emotions out of my body. So if I'm pissed about something or I'm angry or I'm confused or I'm sad, I'll just do stream of consciousness to get it out. So I'm not holding onto it and I don't, I don't eat it away. Um, So this is also an emotional eating thing that I use. But then I'll ask a question. So I'll ask like my wise self or, um, you know, or the universe or the goddess or whatever your name is. It doesn't matter. Um, what's going on with this thing? I'm having a hard time. What should I do? And then I usually find that I just start writing. It's totally weird. But when I sit down and do it and I trust that what is coming back to me is real, it just flows and I feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Or I'll get something that says like, talk, call you this friend about it. And then she has the answer, you know, but it can just be as easy as like, what do I do? And we all have different ways of hearing, you know, some people hear through journaling, some people hear through being silent, some people need to go for a walk, some people need to talk it out, you know, it's just different for everybody. We all have a different language. So with your young kids and your retreat center and your online program, how do you balance all of this? I have a lot of help. Mm-hmm. So um, I have an amazing woman who works with us. She comes at 7 a.m. And she supports us. She supports me helping the, get the older kids to school in the morning because my husband goes to work early. And she takes care of the house, 100% of the house. And we order our groceries. And Jonathan will run whatever errands we need to do on his way home from work. And we order a lot of stuff from Amazon. 
So like the whole like house care thing, I just, I don't do. And, um, you know, it adds a little extra financial pressure, but to me, the energy that I can put into my work to make a little bit more money is easier than me needing to take care of the house. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yes. It's so good to hear because I do know I talk to a lot of women who I think are being swallowed up by the domestic part of life. Yeah. Well, it's a full time job. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. No, it's yeah. not fun. Yeah. And, it, you know, we're meant, humans are meant to live in a house with like 15 other people. Yes. Yes. You know, so uh-huh. that's how we're built. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's not the model anymore. And so we need to figure out, we either need to let a lot of things go. And before I could have all the help that we have now, we just lived in a messy house. That's you know? good. And, and, I, and I like that you say that because I think yeah. perfectionism gets us into a lot of trouble. And if oh, you yeah. can't right now afford a cleaner, then, you know, yeah, be okay with it being a little messier. But I will say a lot of this work we do in Whole Woman, a lot of people say, you know, I can't afford a housekeeper and I'll be like, okay, well, how, how much is it in your area? And they'll say, I don't know. Right. I'm like, okay, well, how do you know that you can't afford it? Okay, let's do some research. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's 80 bucks. I'm like, okay, so could you do 160 bucks a month? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you look at your budget? Like, I don't have a budget. I'm like, right. okay, let's make a budget and let's really look at where and how you're spending their money. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh, they're spending 160 bucks on this thing that they don't even care about. Yes. And they can just now have a housekeeper. Oh, I actually have enough money for a housekeeper for every week. And yes. it's like, great. So I think it's really important to really, really, really know where your money is going. And if you're going to say, I can't afford it to have that really be true, because right. um, there are a lot of people who can't afford it. And I think out of respect, we need to be real about our financial situation. And, um, and to really have our resources allocated in a way that allows us to be freed up to help people that need it, mm-hmm. you know, because if you have the money to pay for a housekeeper and now you have the energy to, um, help people do voter registration or to help raise money for a cause you really believe in, or, you know, a way to give back, like that's our obligation to do that. Mm-hmm. That's we have really the, great, you know? To me, I feel like that's what when I think about balance, like we have to do the inner work, but we also have to balance it with the outer work, the practical side. I mean, you can heal your money story, but then if you don't have a budget and you're not doing the practical things that it takes to get clear about your budget, you need to do both, right? And so finding that middle ground, but really great what you said about look what if you could do that instead of just keeping yourself stuck – and frozen, mm-hmm. you could be freeing your, not only yourself up, but then be allowing your gifts to truly shine and touch everyone yep. who you come in contact with. That's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, I mean, man, if I had a dollar for everyone who said, like, oh, that just feels like too much for me to have a housekeeper or too much for someone to come help me with the dishes, I just say, like, that's the brainwashing. Yeah, yeah. That's the brainwashing. You're not too much. Like, and if you are like, great, be too much. We need more of you. 
out in the world. And, um, you know, it's just, again, this is not, this is not about the people who, who really can't afford it. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. It's just the reallocation of resources for people who have them. I think it's really important. Yes. Well, Sarah, where can our listeners find out more about what you're offering and just about you? Great. Yes. Oh, I love that. So the best way to, well, I have this really cool thing happening right now called Magic Week, which is at magicweek.me. And um, I'm super excited about it. If you're interested in like the magical tools, like we're, I'm going to be doing a full moon ceremony and I'm meeting with a tarot card reader and an astrologer and an energy worker and um, a woman who works with um, ancestral work and death medicine and just like cool, like really cool stuff. Um, so that's at magicweek.me. It's totally free. It's a great way to dabble in things and um, get a taste. And then the other place to find me is wholewoman.me. And that's my Moonly membership. And um, we're going to be opening doors later in the fall. So it's a great place to get on the wait list if you find that you want to have a community of, of women to help you be on this path. And then if you're in the area, if you live driving distance to Boston, you know, come to Hawthorne Farm Retreat and come to an event or come to a full moon circle where um, I also do all the full moon circles are live stream and um, you get them for free when you're in Whole Woman. So that's pretty fun. And it's just the best being here in person. I'm just like all about the in real life right now. Mm, well, that sounds amazing. If I ever make it out there, I'm coming to oh, retreat. Oh, I would love that. I love the pictures I've seen. And I will share all of the links in our show notes so that everyone can find you. Sarah, thank you so much for this thank conversation. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and, and your community. I hope you love this show. Thanks for listening. Let me know what stood out today. What is one of your favorite takeaways from this episode? You can email me, Shannon, at a freespiritlife.com, or you can go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate and review our show. Join us on Facebook. Let us know what inspired you most from today. And definitely go and check out Sarah's work. You can go to a freespiritlife.com episode 30 for all the show notes and you'll find the links there on how to connect with Sarah and join her for her magic week, which sounds amazing. I am totally checking that out. If you live in the Kansas City area or would like to travel here this fall, I have one spot left in my November in-person retreat. We'll be doing yoga, guided meditation, walking in 88 acres of woods, probably resting by the fire, doing art journaling, eating amazing food, meet new friends, rest, sleep, whatever you want. It's going to be amazing. Three nights in the woods. I'd love to have you. You can go to my website for details. Thanks again for being here and I will see you next week. So you can pull the from my eyes and I can find-